Hi, this is Haley and Ricky. And it, nope, that's not right. Nope. <laughs> Hi. Nope. No good. <laughs> Hi. No good. Cut. Action. Start over. Whatever. Okay. This is the witch and the huntress, and it's a fucking train wreck, like usual. So, even though we've been gone for like six months, we're just we're just gonna pick right back up where we left off. Why would it be? Why would it be mess. anything else? It wouldn't be us if it was something else. No, true, true, true. So, this is the witch and the huntress, and we're keeping that whole hot mess of a okay. uh, introduction and i'm i'm Haley, and raising, i'm raising my hand i'm ricky <laughs> <laughs> they can't they can't see you can't see you so yeah first and foremost i want to apologize to everybody for such a long pause i know we kept teasing hey we're gonna be back we're gonna be back we're gonna be back um i'm not gonna make up excuses i mean for one pandemic i mean shit happens uh two we've we've had like three episodes that we've scrapped because we've just had so many audio issues so every time that we try to uh you know get together and and get this thing rolling again it just was not working in our favor so there's that we've got an update on the lady that we covered on the Incubus Succubus episode, Amethyst Realm. Is that the the Captain Jack Sparrow or the other girl? The other girl. It's it's the one where um she she had sex with like 20 ghosts and she was engaged to one and they met like she was like, Oh yeah, we met overseas. He jumped out of a bush or we had sex in a bush or oh. something. Okay. Nutcase. So, yeah, I ran across this uh, article about her not too long ago. You got? Did I send this to you? The update? I don't know if you said to me or if you told me about it. No. <laughs> okay, we'll get this. There's an article from the New York Post. It says, the headline is, Woman calls off wedding with ghost after he kept disappearing (laughs) this is her quote it was going really well until we went on holiday and then he completely changed we've called off the wedding he just completely changed so that she fell in love with a sexy spirit named ray during a trip in australia in 2018 and even consummated the relationship <laughs> on the flight back. Mm-hmm. Is this ringing a bell now? Yes, it is. The paranormal Casanova 
later popped the question on their nine-month anniversary, and things were going really well until a recent vacation to Thailand. She says, I think maybe he fell in with a bad crowd when we were on holiday. He just started becoming really inconsiderate. It's suddenly as if he doesn't know boo about romance. He'd disappear for long periods of time. When he did come back, he'd bring other spirits to the house. I think he's <laughs> I think he started doing drugs and partying a bit much. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> she ends it she ends it with all men are bastards, even ghost ones. <laughs> I can't with this lady right now. I really wish a ghost would come on our podcast so I can ask them if there's ghost drugs. Like, like, do you smell ghost jank, bro? Oh my god, is that what is that what <laughs> cytoplasm is? Maybe could be. Who knows? Or, or wait, cytoplasm? No, that's a sciencey thing. What's with ectoplasm? I just figured there that was go. their love juices. Oh, you're right. You know, you're right. Who knows? Maybe, maybe all the dust that accumulates around your house is just really <laughs> ghost coke. There's a ghost crone on your floor. You're just going. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I keep seeing this meme on Facebook, and it's like, what if every time you yawn, a ghost <laughs> put his penis in your mouth? And I'm like, I'm like covering my mouth yeah, every time I yawn now. now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. So that was just a little bit of an update for you guys. Uh, that is not what this episode is about. So do, do not fear. Or maybe that's what you're into. Well, I, don't, I don't know what y'all are into. Some kinky bastards that out there. That episode got the least amount of listens. Yeah. Did it? Man, I thought it would have been like one of our like most popular. Yep, yep. Everybody loves That's our sex. lowest ranking one. <laughs> oh, y'all disappointed me on that. I keep uh, triggering this guy at work by talking about... Well, I keep Ugh. saying demon names at work. And then I was talking about skinwalkers, and I kept saying skinwalkers. And he's like, why? Why do you do this? Why do you want You're them to come You're inviting them you? in. Stop talking about them. I'm like, he's like, he's like, what are, what are you, what are you going to do when they show up? I'm like, I don't know, man. They can take like, me to hell. Maybe give me a tour. Show me where I'm going to be working and living. After I'm I've done. been waiting for you. <laughs> Hey, demon, it's, it's me, me your, your boy. boy. Do you want a mint? Oh, wait, never mind. You're through your computer. You can't get a mint from me. Did that just happen right now? <laughs> Season two 
episode one. Welcome season to season two. two, by the way. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> Save that. Uh, season two, episode one. And we're going to be doing alien abductions. Something that I knew that uh, I know Haley's been excited about. Uh, we, I don't know. We can like rock, paper, scissors. All right. Who's going first? <laughs> okay. I will try I'll to have some good feedback. Maybe if I get up some notes. This happened in Maine in 1976, specifically in northern Maine at Big Eagle Lake in the Allagash Wilderness. So there are two <laughs> brothers, Jim and Jack Wiener. <laughs> Jim and yeah. Jack Wiener. Wiener. We'll get that out of the way now. And also there are two friends, Chuck Rack and Charlie Foltz. They were going to the Allagash Wilderness in Maine for a two-week long camping trip. And I don't know why this is relevant, but I have here that they were all students of Massachusetts Massachusetts College of Art and Design. So, yes, two brothers, Jack, Jim, and their two friends, Chuck and Charlie, all went on a camping trip. And on the second night, Jim noticed a strange bright object in the sky that appeared for about 30 seconds and then vanished. Two nights later, this would be August 20th. The men were night fishing out on the water when the bright object appeared again. Chuck noticed it first, and then the men described it as being bright like the sun. Charlie tried to signal SOS to the object, but the object just suddenly shot out a really bright light and began following the men along the water. They started freaking out, paddling back to shore. The next thing that they remember, was being on shore and the bright light vanishing. The guys all thought it was strange, but what's stranger even that after that is that their fire that they lit just minutes before heading out on their fishing trip was completely burnt out, suggesting that they'd be gone for several hours. Several hours more than what they thought. But they were really tired, so they decided just to get some sleep. (coughs) They then spent another six days out in the wilderness without seeing any bright objects or having any other phenomena go on. And, oh, that's it. Yeah, they spent another six days in the wilderness. They never saw this object again. The men went home and they told their family and friends about the strange sightings, but nobody believed them. Then in 1988, the two brothers, the twins, they started having strange nightmares about all four of these guys. And in the nightmares, they were all sitting on a bench naked and they had a a strong feeling of fear. So with these nightmares, Jim decided to contact UFO researcher Ray Fowler in order to help with with his issues. The four men decided to go under hypnosis, each agreeing to go in separately and not talk about the events with each other. 
They each described in frightening detail about how they were abducted and then probed by aliens back in 1976. The aliens apparently took samples of the men's skin and body fluids. Jack remembered that the aliens had terrifying faces and that they told him not to be afraid, but do what they say. Charlie described the ship as uh, being like a doctor's office and said that they they put a panel over his chest and scraped skin from his body. And then Chuck also claimed that he had a good view of what the aliens were doing to Charlie. The device that the aliens used was silver and had curves, and it appeared to him that Charlie was in pain. After the sessions, Ray brought the four men together, and they learned that each of them recalled the same events. After that, they each had to take a polygraph exam, and they all passed. However, skeptics, such as Dr. William Cole, didn't believe their story. Said that the story was fake, the nightmares are fake, that the confessions under the hypnosis were a result of watching TV and movies about aliens. Said that basically all these guys saw the same TV show or same movie or something. But the men were pretty certain that what happened to them was real. Excuse me. So UFO researcher Ray Fowler and psychiatrist and author Dr. John Mack both investigated and studied the case of the Allagash abductions. And Dr. Cole looked into the case from a, a skeptical point of view. In August of this is where it kind of gets weird. In August of 2016, Chuck Rack one of the four guys, the Chuck guy, he talked about the incident, which became internationally known as the Allagash abductions that happened 40 years prior, and he claims that the incident didn't happen. He's quoted saying, the reason I supported the story at first was because I wanted to make money. His input was pretty notably absent in recent years from news stories and documentaries pertaining the abductions, whereas the other three were were pretty involved within like the media and everything. And according to Rack, the group did witness an unidentified flying object during their canoe trip, both on the night of the alleged of the alleged abductions and then the two nights before. And he's quoted saying, I had an uncomfortable feeling of being stared at. I turned around and saw this very, very bright globe of light in the sky. He described the lights as changing color from white to red to green in a liquid kind of melding motion. It is reported that the group, then after the the, the next day after they had that experience with the light, they got a hold of a ranger who was on duty in the area, but the ranger quickly dismissed the sighting, attributing it to the lights, attributing the lights as coming from a grand opening at a hardware store in the neighboring town of Millinocket. So that there, they did see some guys operating a searchlight in the back of a pickup truck, but there was no way that there was a grand opening because it was nine o'clock at night 
and the nearest town was 75 miles away. So there's no way that they'd be able to see those lights. So according to Rack, the men continued with their trip. They did not discuss the possibility of being abducted by aliens until until years later after Jim, one of the twins, suffered a traumatic fall and began to experience seizures. After suffering the fall, he began having visions of humanoid beings levitating above his head and poking him with needles. Jim eventually shared his visions with the researcher and author Ray Fowler, after which the group went under hypnosis with a man named Tony Constantino. During the regression uh, therapy sessions, both Wieners <laughs> and Foltz. <laughs> I know. Both Wieners. I don't know why. I don't know why it's written like that. I'm sorry. <coughs> both Wieners and Foltz claim to recall small gray aliens taking them aboard the spaceship. They said the aliens then performed what they perceived to be medical examinations. However, Rack now says that his hypnosis experience led to no such recall on his part, although he previously claimed publicly so, so that it did. why is this did. dude taking back what he said? I don't get it. Um, I'm not... I'm not 100% sure, but I mean, he, he, did, he was quoted saying that, you know, he did it for money and he says they were compelled to stay together, all speculating but, that but this they thing also, they also could go into the millions of dollars for each of us. But, right. I don't know if maybe he, like, they, he, he claims that they all came together, came up with this masterful plan. Yeah, he said that Charlie Foltz and I were visiting Jack and his wife, Mary, at their home in Vermont. One morning, Mr. Rack arrived at the house and declared that he had a plan to, quote-unquote, make millions of dollars on the Allagash case. His proposal was for all four of, four of them to refute the professional handling of the case by Ray, Raymond Fowler, Tony Constantino, and Mufon. M-U-F-O-N, the Mutual UFO Network. Uh, in response to his proposal, Jack, Charlie, and Jim all voiced their disgust with his ethics and his proposal and announced their unanimous decision to have no further interaction with him regarding the Allagash projects. Jim says, unfortunately, we later forgave his inebriated indiscretion and appeared together on a couple TV projects UFO conferences and UFO conferences, but it was glaringly clear to Jack, Charlie, and I that Mr. Rack's behavior was the was is the Rack's guy, the guy that becoming was becoming increasingly take back what he said. pathological. Okay, right, yes. So you know you've got all these guys, and he shows up one day and says, "Hey guys, I know how we can make a lot of money." So that's when they reached out to this Fowler guy, had the hypnosis done. Okay, so and they also went on the Joan Rivers show, and so I believe that they, they were also the on Oprah. Done. And so, what the the therapist that performed the hypnosis was in on it, and like just corroborated their stories, or I mean, like, like from, oops, right, hold on, like from the standpoint of it all being, I mean false like that like that's a lot of people that you have to con like convince to be in on it with you 
Right. And and why why come out 40 years later? Like <clears throat> you know, and and Rack also claims that Jack one of the Wiener twins brought an Afghan temple ball. I don't know what that is, but it's some kind of drug. Because then he says, yeah, we were definitely stoned when we went out on the lake just before we got that sighting. It's weed. It's it's, uh, hashish. Okay. So, you know, one of them, one of the boys did bring drugs and uh, uh, Joan Rivers actually did ask them during their interview, were you guys drinking or taking drugs? And... Rack felt conflicted about it because he didn't, you know, he obviously knew that he'd be discredited if he told them that, oh yeah, we were stoned. <laughs> but it was Foltz who actually, you know, fessed up. He, he denied it. He was like, no, we bought an eight pack of beer in Millinocket when we brought all of our, when we bought our, all our right. supplies for the canoe trip and we each had one beer and that was it. But also, Foltz describes Rack as a man with a violent temper who's been banned from some UFO conventions. They don't really explain, like, what he's done at these conventions, but uh, Jim says, I personally believe that Mr. Rack's self-aggrandizing. So they're basically saying that this guy's a a self-righteous son of a bitch who rants when he's angry and is a resentful individual and that he's basically turned all of their all that that he's turned his backs his back on all of his friends but i mean fowler did write in his book that chuck rack did not give a detailed recall of the abduction under hypnosis but it's also because he's the type of person who needs to be in control when he's not in control, he's not happy, and he's not able to—he's not able to succumb to the hypnosis to actually be able to bring up anything. Gotcha. That makes sense. But yeah, so he Rack doesn't dispute the twins's description of the events that followed the alleged abductions. And claims that it freed him to finally share the truth that happened in 1976. Um, he he feels like being kicked out of that little friend group gave him like a relief that he doesn't have to carry on a secret anymore that isn't necessarily his. Foltz shared his reasoning for why those living on other planets might want to visit earth and abduct humans. It says, because we are the apex or the top of the chain, as far as we think of intelligent life on our planet, we go out to the wilds of Africa and dart animals and study them. We do it so we can learn more about them and how we impact their world. And just with, And just what their purpose in our world is. And I would presume that extraterrestrial life forms have same interests. Now, at the end of the day, Rack does not dispute 
that alien abductions are possible. He says he's completely open-minded. He just does not think that's what happened in their case. And that's what I've got for the. So, what do you think? Do you think Allagash abduction? It was real, or that it's a hoax? I mean, I, I, to me, it's in black and white. It's right there. You know, like they they called a professional. The professional took each of these guys one by one, had hypnosis sessions with them, and then they did polygraph. Right. I'm I'm really interested to get into one of his books. Maybe there might be some more in there. But I mean, there's there seems to be a lot of weird activity that happens out in Maine. Yeah, I do too. So I mean, I I'd, I'd believe it 100%. I'm on video and I've forgotten. I'm like here with my hands down my fucking shirt, I wasn't honestly home. paying attention. I was wiping crumbs off of my desk. <laughs> So it's okay. <laughs> I like, had my shirt like elbow or my arm like elbow deep into my shirt. It's fine. Oh. I forgot you can see me. You forgot that, that... No, we're not recording together, <laughs> you know. Right. So if all animals go to heaven because they're like pure souls or whatever, right? Yeah. So you're telling me that every single motherfucking chicken that made the millions of chicken nuggets that I've eaten at McDonald's are all chilling up in heaven. That is a lot of fucking chickens. Is there a chicken heaven? Probably. It's probably a chicken farm. That is a huge farm. That has a billion, probably trillion, trillion kajillion Kaj- fucking chickens <laughs> running around up there. So welcome to chicken heaven. Can I eat any of them? No, then I don't care. You're gonna pick out your own chicken nuggets today. Walk over to the chicken farm in heaven. Yes, I want that one. <clears throat> Ooh, do you think in heaven the chickens just lay chicken nuggets? Ooh, if they did that, then they want to have to be killed. I mean, can you right. di- can you die in heaven? Nah. So then they can't be chicken nuggets. Have- Not the heaven I wrote about, at least. <laughs> So then they'd have to poop out chicken nuggies. Yeah. Just walk over to the little counter and the chicken's just sitting there. I'd like ten chicken nuggies, please. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it goes more like boop, 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 and you're like <laughs> I don't want it after that. It's like, bitch, I asked for chicken nuggets, not a damn soft serve ice cream. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want chicken nuggets now. I'm good. I think I'm going vegan. Okay. I suppose we should probably move to mine, right? Yeah. <laughs> I did the abduction of Jerry Anderson. It was in the 1960s when Jerry Anderson witnessed a strange light in the sky while out with his wife in London. The brief but bizarre sighting, however, would unlock remnants of an incident in his mind that he had all but forgotten about. What's more, he would continue to witness UFOs over the years that followed, something which would continue even when he moved to Canada. So when he was 12 years old, which he would have been 12 in 1953, uh, he was at summer camp 
And he was supposed to be playing hide and seek with the rest of his little peers. And, you know, he was supposed to be like the teacher and everything. But instead, he decided to sneak off into a quiet area of the forest so he could lie down and smoke a cigarette. As he laid there, he felt he ended up falling asleep. And the next thing that he knew, the teacher who was in charge of the group, his name is Mr. Rice, was towering over him asking where he'd been all this time. Jerry didn't know it immediately, but he soon discovered that he had been missing for seven hours and that it was now 8 p.m. Mr. Rice would claim that he and the rest of the party had been searching for him for several hours, and even stranger, they had previously searched the place where they had found him. Jerry, however, had no memory of anything. He just thought he, he had fallen asleep. So he was taken to be looked at by a doctor because he had a lot of redness on the back of his neck, and he was feeling super exhausted. So they kind of suspected that he had, like, sunstroke. And I'm assuming that the doctor said... You're fine. <laughs> oh. You know, that'd be my guess. Or maybe maybe they meant that the doctor diagnosed him with sunstroke because of his symptoms. So I'm going to go with that one. Okay. So by 1978, uh, he's still unable to fully recall the events that day. And he sought help from a hypnotherapist who agreed to do some regression therapy. And during during their session, in his regression, he when he lit the cigarette, instead of falling asleep, he noticed that there was a strange light moving around in the sky. And he continued to watch it, noticing that it appeared to land in the forest nearby. Several moments later, he would notice two strange fi figures making their way through the trees towards him. It was around this time that he had began to sense fear running through him. Even more so when he realized that he could not move from the ground. So he's paralyzed. The fear turned to fright the more he struggled to free himself from the, his paralysis. As the figures got closer to him, he sensed a voice in his head telling him that there was no need to be afraid. The next thing he knew, the two strange creatures were on each side of him. Then after they reached down towards him, he began floating through the air. As he did so, he could see the bright lights of the object that had landed only minutes earlier. By the time he was close to it, he seemingly had regained the use of his limbs. He was told to climb the ladder that waited hanging out of the strange craft. Before he did so, he was able to look at his captors. His description was exactly as what we would now recognize as a gray alien. They were shorter than he was, and they had pale gray skins and very large eyes. So once he was inside the craft, he began feeling like a pressure on the back of his neck and he wasn't sure what it was, but he sensed that it was like intentional, like they were intentionally applying the pressure on his neck. And then he later found himself in a round shaped room. Although it was brightly lit, he noticed that he could not make out where the light was coming from. It was both everywhere and nowhere at the same time. This is an interesting detail as it comes up often in such cases as alien abduction. After several moments, he was led to another room by strange creatures. In this one, there was another strange figure. However, this one was dressed in red attire and would call Jerry my son. Jerry would later recall how he believed the figure was perhaps in charge of the others. And he and the figure appeared to be older than the other aliens. It was then that the figure dressed in red drew his attention to a screen upon which was a small globe. 
he was told that he was looking at Earth. The feeling of fear and uneasiness returned to him. As if sensing this distress, the figure would reach out and place a hand on his head. As it did, uh. as it did so, an immediate feeling of calm came over him. Then, while he was contemplating this sudden and serene feeling of calm, he noticed that the craft had came to a stop. The figure in red motioned to Jerry that he should follow. He did so, finding himself on a long ramp heading downwards. He would continue down it. Upon reaching the bottom, a huge door opened, revealing a domed-shaped room beyond. As he looked deeper, he could see that it was full of children. Ugh. I know, right? I don't, That's creepy. I don't like to see that. As he was staring fascinated, fascinated into the domed room, the figure in red handed him a strange globe. And when he handed him this globe, the words understand be taught entered his mind he was left alone in a room and he you know began to look around to see if any if, like if anyone was there and he noticed that a woman had just appeared in the room she approached him and took hold of the cross that was on a chain around his neck and he noticed that the figure in red had appeared as well when he too studied the cross the voice once more appeared inside his head and it would claim that it was not right to worship. He was then asked to watch a screen nearby, which he which he did, and it seemed like only moments before he was falling asleep. When he awoke, he would seemingly find himself back in the woods where he had gone to smoke the cigarette, and he was being carried by the creatures who first approached them. They calmly just put him back in the spot where they had first found him, and then made him fall asleep once more. And the next thing he knew... When he was waking up, Mr. Rice was standing over him. It's kind of interesting, though, because I I remember either hearing the story or reading or possibly it was an interview with somebody who was was also an an abduction victim. And it was also when they were a child. They were brought onto the ship. There were a bunch of other children, but they were like they were playing with these toys but the toys were not like our toys. They were extremely advanced. And there was a lady that was instructing the kids how to how to play with these toys, how to manipulate this technology. Mm-hmm. And that this person was abducted over and over again. And every time they got abducted, they were learning. They were, you know, this this child was learning how to use these toys and they were studying how they were how, you know, their learning process and right. everything. Hmm, that's interesting, especially with the context of this story. S- similar, very similar. Right. I thought I I thought you were going to bring that up for a second because I thought maybe it was the same story, but now I'm going to have to go and find out where I read that or heard it. Yeah, cuz it sounds like kind of the same situation that could have been what was going on there too. I mean, it was And if you uh, have Yeah, and if you have multiple what the hell was that? All right. Something in my house growl. Steel and the cat are both in the kitchen, so I think Steel. Okay. It's just the dog. But I mean, if you've got multiple people with the same experiences, I don't understand how there's any room to be skeptical. Especially when it's people who don't know each other and like. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it's interesting. That that was... So what happened in 
I don't know. That was it. Oh, that was it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that oh, was okay. it. They didn't give you any uh any closure about what happened with him. It was just like the end. Here's his story. This is what happened when he was taken and abducted, and then when he woke up, this is where like kind of a deal. Ta-da! That's alien abductions. Yeah, well, uh, I I just want to apologize that it was a hot mess like usual. But you know what? We're consistent. We're consistently a mess. Yeah. But we hope that you enjoyed at least. We, we, we definitely missed you guys. We hope you missed us. We plan on doing this on a more consistent basis well thanks for listening and like always you can find us on facebook twitter instagram Uh, we haven't really been active much but with us coming back for season two we will try to be a lot more active you can always email us at witchhuntresspodcast at gmail.com or you can message us on any of those platforms you can find us on spotify uh apple that's what's yeah apple. itunes yeah. spotify iTunes. itunes pandora stitcher right pretty much any anywhere that you can listen to podcasts that's that's where we're at and uh if you have if you have ghost stories if you've been abducted by an alien let us know we want to hear your story Send us your stories. Yes. If you have any uh, suggestions, especially with season two, getting into it. If you have suggestions for topics, we will definitely take those. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Welcome to season two. And oh, I don't know if we should say you've been ghosted because this was an alien. You've just been abducted. You've just been abducted. Ha <laughs> ha! Bye! Bye!